everyone. It is Monday, March 7th, 2022. My name is Chris Conway, filling in for Henry Jennings, who is having a well-earned break. Before we get to all the market action, a quick look at the disclaimer. It essentially says that this presentation is general in nature only, that before acting, you should take into account your personal financial circumstances. If you would like to read the disclaimer in full, please pause the video now. There is the table showing the overnight action from Friday night. Shows that the Dow closed down 180 points, was down more than 540 points at one stage. So obviously rallying back into the close and it was very late surge. I'm just looking at the chart now. I'll have a look at the chart of the S&P at the very least in just a moment. But a very late surge into the close. NASDAQ down 1.6% with tech particularly on the nose. And the S&P there, as we can see, had a result closer to what the Dow did. Oil prices continuing to surge both up around 7%, that's Brent and WTI for the week. Quite a crazy move in WTI, up 26.3%. I was talking to a friend about this over the weekend, trying to explain to him why he would probably be paying somewhere around $2.50 or $3 per liter of oil at some point. And just trying to impress upon him the size, of course, of the oil market, that's relatively easily understood, but just why and how such a big market can see a price rise of 26% in such a short space of time. Uh, even for those of us in finance, it is quite hard to wrap our heads around. So uh, unfortunately, there's probably some pain at the pump coming. Gold uh, up 1.6%, iron ore marginally weaker, uh, and that is the Aussie dollar price this morning. As mentioned, that is the S&P 500 chart. Uh, similar sort of action on the Dow as I was talking about, really late session rally closing down what would have otherwise been a particularly awful session, but 180 points on the Dow is not so bad. Uh, of course, that's what happened on Friday night. Spy futures were up 28 points at the Saturday morning close. There's been a wealth of developments, particularly with regard to the Russia, Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine situation over the weekend. Uh, what have we got here? So uh, on the good side of the ledger, both parties, Ukraine and Russia, are talking about holding a third round of talks uh, as we kick off the new week. Uh, that is what has been put out there in the news. But by the same token, the next headline down, US Secretary of State Blinken says US exploring supplying Ukraine with fighter jets from NATO nations. So uh, on the one hand, these people sitting in a room trying to negotiate a ceasefire. And on the other side of the ledger, there's people handing people warplanes. Uh, obviously in uh, anticipation of further conflict. So we have seen quite a lot of this already. This is the third week now that the conflict has been uh, been happening. And yeah, there's obviously things that we're clinging to in terms of hope and hope, hope, hoping for a peaceful uh, resolution to the conflict. And then obviously there's headlines on the other side about, uh, you know, things really ratcheting up. So um we expect more of the same, and undoubtedly that will simply create volatility. So uh, Putin has told Ukraine to stop fighting. I bet he would. Uh, lots of Ukrainians fleeing uh, and arriving in Poland in record numbers. Uh, the Iranian nuclear talks are the other moving part this week. Uh, of course, if there is an agreement struck, that would see Iranian oil potentially flood back into the market, taking some of the pressure off the oil price and also feeding into the inflation conversation, because we know that energy is a major component of inflation. 
so we'll feed into that conversation. Of course, we have a Fed meeting next week, so conversation about the Fed will really ramp up this week as well. If no agreement can be struck and Russia is demanding some things and being a fly in the ointment, uh, as they are wont to be, uh, then it could create even further pressure on oil prices. And then, of course, again, inflation and what the Fed will do next week. So that's another fairly significant moving part and all tied in with the other major risks, factors and events that are occurring that are affecting markets. And we can see their bond market volatility returning to March 2020 levels amid geopolitics and inflation concerns. Uh, headline there, Sydney faces more rain as death toll from Australian floods rises. Not good. That will obviously infect the insurers. North Korea doing their thing. Uh, US gasoline prices topping $4 a gallon for the first time since 2008. Again, just another piece of evidence feeding that inflation conversation. Uh, and then the Chinese government had their annual uh, commitments over the weekend, talking about resolving the Taiwan situation, probably what the world doesn't want to hear. They're using sharper language than in previous reports, and they're targeting, this is the uh, the Chinese government, targeting GDP growth of around 5.5% for 2022. So like I said, a wealth of things that have happened over the weekend. It means that 28-point uh, gain on the SPY uh, could change dramatically uh, once SPY futures reset, and then, of course, the market opens a little bit later this morning. What to expect locally? Uh, pretty light on the docket compared to what's happening internationally. Uh, no corporate events, ANZ job ads to be released, uh, hopefully pointing to a strong labor market. ANZ talking about people switching jobs uh, in coming months as workers change to better, higher paying jobs, good for them. Uh, of course, we've seen the great resignation in the US. That's a theme that continues to roll and clearly ANZ is expecting some of that locally. Uh, AGL Energy has rejected a revised bid from Brookfield at 825 cents per share, according to the media. Uh, proxy advisory firm is recommending API shareholders vote in favour of the West Farmers bid. Of course, the West Farmers bid is the only one left on the table now. Uh, 11 Melbourne suburbs joining the Million Dollar Club late last year. Good for you if you live in one of those clubs. Uh, and now one third of Victorian suburbs have a median house price of north, uh, north of a million dollars. So... Uh, again, well done to all the property holders out there. Uh, and then on the data docket, China has February trade balance due and the Eurozone uh, later tonight having investor confidence for March. It'll be interesting to see just how badly smashed up that investor confidence number gets. You would have thought it would take a fairly sizable hit. And fair enough too, given the um, given what's happening uh, in that part of the world. All right, some headlines this morning talking about a conversation being had that the US will officially ban oil imports from Russia and Europe potentially joining that ticket. It's a major question. Uh, you know, there is, <laughs> I was learning the other day, there is a pipeline that pumps Russian gas through the Ukraine, no less, into Europe. So let's just think about the absurdity of that situation. These two countries are at war. Yet one of them is uh, producing gas and then pumping it through the very country that they're attacking so that they can make money uh, from everyone who's saying that they shouldn't be doing it. Uh, quite an absurd situation, quite an absurd world that we live in. Uh, but the question there, will they or won't they officially ban imports from Russia and what sort of response uh, could that provoke? I, uh, I hesitate to think, uh, but an interesting question nonetheless. All right, team, that wraps it up. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Until then, take care.